0: Saying goodbye can be hard to do. Maybe it's saying goodbye to a loved one you haven't seen in decades. Maybe it's saying goodbye to an old classmate you haven't seen since graduation. Maybe it's saying goodbye to your girlfriend who came up from Wisconsin to visit you. These are all times when it might be hard. To say goodbye. But then there are times when it's really hard to say goodbye. It's really hard to say goodbye to a loved one when they're lying on their deathbed. It's really hard to say goodbye to a friend, a good friend, maybe even a best friend who turns their back on you and walks out of your life. It's really hard to say goodbye to a congregation when you've been their vicar for a full year. It's even really hard to say goodbye to a beloved pet. When I was younger, my family had a Siberian husky named Tasha. She was the first dog I ever had growing up. Uh, So she was really part of our family. One cold winter night in North Dakota, uh, we had Tasha inside to keep her warm. It was pretty cold that night. So we were all sitting in the living room, watching TV, talking, just hanging out. And as my mom was petting Tasha, she felt a lump on her stomach. So the next day, we took her to the vet, Found out Tasha had cancer. So that night was full of tears, full of goodbyes, full of sadness, because even though she was just a dog, just a pet, we were going to miss Tasha. Saying goodbye can be hard to do. Now the disciples were going to have to say goodbye to Jesus, and it was going to be very hard. For them to do. They had been following Jesus for three full years. They walked with him, they talked with him, they ate and drank with him, they basically lived with him for three whole years, listening to him preach and teach. They were used to being around Jesus. But now on Maundy Thursday evening, when Jesus speaks the words of our message lesson for this morning, he's warning the disciples that their time with him was almost over. They were going to have to say goodbye. But he didn't want it to be a long, drawn-out, tearful goodbye. He even made it sound like it wasn't going to be a goodbye at all. He said to his disciples, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, if you're saying goodbye to someone, you're not going to say that you're going to come to them and make your home with them, right? That sounds like the exact opposite of what a goodbye is. If, if you're saying goodbye to someone, you're getting ready to leave. You're going away. You're not you know, hunkering down and, and staying with them. You're not moving in. But Jesus said that he was moving in now when jesus moves in he's not actually moving into your house he's moving in to your heart the holy spirit creates faith in your heart and that opens up your heart for jesus to move in jesus says if anyone loves my teachings or if if anyone loves me he will obey my teachings Now, if someone loves God, if the Holy Spirit has created faith in their heart, that new person inside you can't help but obey Jesus' teaching. But now, what, what are those teachings? What teachings was Jesus referring to? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's all there is to it. Those are the only two commands. If we love God above everything else in our lives, it's only natural that we love other people. And Jesus also says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus' commands, his teachings, are not burdensome. His yoke is not heavy. All he asks his followers to do is love. Love God and love others. So when Jesus moves in to your heart, when he opens up your heart and gives you that love, to love him and to love others, he's not just moving in you know, for like a, a sleepover or a, an overnight stay, not even a week-long vacation. Jesus is moving in for good. He's taking up permanent residence in your heart. He says, the Father and I will come and make our home with him. Jesus is basically saying he's moving in all his furniture, he's moving all his tools into your heart so that he can use you to do his work. This isn't just a a motel stay. Jesus is really moving in for good. And just just like in the Old Testament, God lived and dwelled with his people in the tabernacle and then also in the temple. Now, it might not be as dramatic and as exciting as seeing a cloud of lightning and fire and smoke coming down from heaven and resting on the temple. But in the same miraculous way, Jesus comes down and lives in the heart of each and every one of us. And in a sense, when he moves into our hearts, when he makes his home with us, He allows us to do things that are even more miraculous than just a cloud settling around the tabernacle. Because He comes with His grace and gives us blessings every single day in our lives because of His love. And now He had been showing those disciples, He had been giving them those blessings and that grace throughout His ministry for three whole years. They knew how great it was to have Jesus around 24 7. And Jesus told them that in our message lesson. He said, All this I have spoken to you while still with you. Jesus had been preaching and teaching to his disciples for three whole years, teaching them about himself and about God's wonderful plan of salvation. But the disciples had started to take Jesus for granted. They were so used to hearing him teach and preach that they started to take him for granted. Some of the teachings didn't even make sense to them. They didn't understand what he was trying to teach them. Jesus would be speaking about spiritual things, but most of it just went over the disciples' head. It's like they weren't even paying attention. They didn't understand exactly why Jesus had come and what he was going to do. But Jesus promises that soon all that would be cleared up. That weak, kind of immature faith that these disciples had would be strengthened once they saw him die and once they saw him rise again. Because they didn't understand why Jesus was talking about dying and being crucified and then rising again, none of that made sense because they were assuming they were going to be around Jesus forever. They didn't think he was ever going to leave. But now he's preparing them for when they would have to say goodbye. But he wasn't going to leave them alone. After he died and rose again and then 40 days later went up into heaven he promised that they wouldn't be left alone. He might not be there physically, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit who would teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The disciples were confused. They might even have been worried, uh, sad, distressed because of all the things Jesus was telling them. But the Holy Spirit was going to come and clear up any confusion that they had. Clear up all the misunderstandings and would explain everything to them. Which is exactly what happens when you and I gather around God's Word. Every time we dig deeper into God's Word, every time we spend time uh, in personal devotions, family devotions, getting together in small group Bible studies to encourage and strengthen each other, Whenever we share our problems and our difficulties in life and, and comfort and encourage one another, the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith, gives us a better understanding of God's word. We learn more and more about God's word. We we gain more head knowledge, but we also get a better understanding of what Jesus has done for us and how God has shown His love for us. It doesn't matter what's going on in our lives, we can have a better understanding and a greater appreciation for what Jesus has done. Because we know whatever our circumstances, whatever problems we're facing, whatever trials have come into our lives, we know where we can find the answer to those questions and those problems. We find it in God's Word. That's where we find peace for our souls. Jesus promised his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. God always promises to be with his people. In the Old Testament, he was with his people whenever they turned to him, relied on him, trusted in him to take care of them. And now Jesus promised his disciples that he would be with them. He would send the Holy Spirit to be with them. And he's with you and me whenever we learn more about him and his word, whenever we love God above everything else, and when we obey what Jesus teaches us. No matter what's going on in our lives, we always have the answer in God's word. And this peace that Jesus gives us isn't just going to get us through a rough day. It's not just going to get us to the end of a long work week. This peace lasts forever. This is an eternal peace. The world can't give us that peace. People try and find peace all over the place. Political peace, peace between nations, peace between people, that's basically a pipe dream today. We even try to keep peace within our own families, and we find that hard to do. There's only one place we can find true peace, and that's in Jesus. Because Jesus came to this world to give us peace with God to make peace between God and sinners. Adam and Eve broke that peace in the Garden of Eden. But Jesus came to set everything right again. He came to live the perfect life we can't live, to die the death that we deserved, and then to rise again to proclaim his victory over death and the devil so that you and I can have peace with God, everlasting peace with God. Nothing can disturb your peace with God. And we experience those blessings of peace every single day in our lives. We see that we have salvation. We have forgiveness. We have eternal life. We have heaven waiting for us. We even experience physical blessings from God every single day. But we have so much more waiting for us, so much more peace in heaven. We get a little taste of that here on earth, but we know we have something better to look forward to in heaven because we don't experience the the full benefits of that peace with God. We we don't see God face to face. Jesus isn't here physically anymore. We don't live in a perfect world, free from sin, and we don't get the full blessings of our eternal salvation won for us in Jesus. Someone once described this kind of in-between feeling, this this in-between situation where we experience some blessings, but we're also looking forward to heaven, that in-between phase, as a child who is still playing with the toys from last Christmas, still enjoying those toys, but now is looking forward to the new toys they're going to get at next Christmas. That's the same feeling we kind of have. We're experiencing God's blessings now, that peace with God now, but we're also looking forward to the peace we'll have with him in heaven. And that's what Jesus was teaching his disciples. We have everything that we need. We have all the blessings we need in this life, but we're also looking forward to the blessings we'll receive when Jesus comes back. And he promised his disciples, I am going away and I am coming back to you." We know Jesus is coming back. He's not leaving forever. He didn't leave forever. We know we'll see him again. He's coming back. Now, it's easier to say goodbye to someone when you know you're going to see them again, right? It's easier when you know they're coming back. Sometimes, it's hard for us to say goodbye because we're not sure if or even when we'll see that person again. It's probably easier for you to imagine how difficult it is for a family to say goodbye to a loved one who is going off to war, a soldier that is in the military about to leave for a tour of duty. I came across this story about a staff sergeant named Marcus Gables um, in the 1st Cavalry Division in the United States Army. His division was in the middle of a tour of duty in Iraq. And his division was scheduled to come back home for Christmas in 2011. But Gables wasn't quite sure if they would actually be able to go home because they were right in the middle of their tour of duty. So when he told his wife, Anita, she didn't tell their two daughters right away. They were seven years old and two years old at the time. She didn't want to get their hopes up that their daddy might be coming home because there's a chance he could be coming home, but there's always that chance that he might not. So she didn't want to get their hopes up. She didn't tell them that daddy was coming home until she saw the white buses pull into Fort Hood, Texas. That's when she first told her daughters that that daddy was coming home. And you can imagine the excitement The joy on their face when they saw their dad coming off that bus and home safe and sound. Gable even said that there was no way his daughters were going to let him out of their sight again. He said, We would be sitting down to watch TV, and everybody is sitting on me instead of the other five chairs in the room. Gable's daughters weren't sure if or when they were going to see their dad again. So you can imagine the joy, the happiness that they had knowing their dad was back safe and sound. The disciples were going to have to say goodbye to Jesus. They might be worried, they were concerned, not sure if or when they'd see him again. But Jesus gave them the comfort and the peace and the hope that only he can give. He told them that he was coming back. They would see him again. They didn't have to be worried. They didn't have to be afraid like Sergeant Gable's family. He left no doubt in the disciples' mind that he was coming back. And he gives you and I that same comfort. We know he's coming back. Jesus wasn't saying goodbye forever. He was just saying, I'll see you later we have that same comfort. We have that same hope and that same peace because we know Jesus is coming back. And we know that he has given us that same Holy Spirit that he gave the disciples. We can have the comfort of knowing that Jesus isn't gone forever. He will be coming back. And when he comes back, he will take us to live with him in heaven forever. And then just like Sergeant Gable's daughters, we won't have to let Jesus out of our sight. We won't have to say goodbye to him. He won't leave us again. And we'll be able to sit with him forever in heaven and never, ever have to say goodbye to anyone ever again. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.